The Legends of Earth by Alan Mensch Chapter 1. Eulos Arla Thrasan sat on a tree limb and watched the sun sinking past the top of the canopy, the color of the sky deepening. It wasn't the sun, of course, but a much smaller, closer sphere of reacting material the Lasset tribe had helped them cobble together. Straightening her back and stretching tired muscles, she stood, placing her feet against skin-like silver bark. Arla shook herself. As she did so, layers of capillaries along her back and sides began to fill with blood, growing out after a moment into a pair of meters-long transparent wings resembling a dragonfly's. Her wings fully inflated, Arla bent her legs to leap off the branch. The wings hummed, catching her weight in the comet's light artificial gravity. Moving straight outward along the tree limb, she passed a fractal spread of branches, culminating in a fan of turquoise leaves. Grabbing a branch, she altered her trajectory, spinning off at an angle between a series of massive trunks. Making her way through the forest, she altered her course several times, rebounding off the trunks of trees or catching air in her wings to change direction. She moved at considerable speed through the shafts of light that slanted through the canopy, losing themselves in the darkness below. Passing through a screen of turquoise leaves, Arla emerged into a sizable clearing where a number of angular disc-shaped metallic objects hovered. Coming to rest at the rim of one of the discs, she walked toward a deep indentation at its center, where a gathering of turquoise-skinned individuals was waiting. About time, one of them called, a smaller one with a diamond-like pattern tattooed behind his ears. What do you expect? Arla replied. I'm not a machine. After a day like that, I have to sit for a moment and watch the sunset. The smaller one, whose name was Thale, proceeded to remind her that it was not in fact a sun, but had been lent to them as a gift of goodwill by the tribes of the Lasset Sector. Arla sighed. She wished that for a moment Thale could forget the practical realities of their situation and simply appreciate a sunset. The sky was still a mandarin hue, and the leaves at the forest's edge were a shifting tapestry beyond the soft yellow of the sleeping pod's rim. Where were you all day? Arla asked Thale, anchoring herself into an indentation with one arm. I took a trip around the dark side. I was helping Marthos deal with the frost problem. Frost, drifting up from the icy comet beneath the tree's roots, had been collecting in the forest canopy, preventing the trees from photosynthesizing. There's a slight temperature imbalance, we think, but hopefully it's not too bad. We should be able to just place some condensers over there to fix it, otherwise we might adjust the rotation cycle a bit. A basket of fruit was passed in Arla's direction, and she took one, settling deeper into the indentation and letting herself relax. Arla and Thale sat for a moment, chewing on the fruit and letting the blood flow back through their limbs as the sky darkened, the fading sun reflecting off a halo of dust beyond which the stars were starting to appear. The next day, Arla awoke to a shade of bright green. The lichens were out. Floating in the atmosphere of the comet, tiny clusters of lichen cells tended to collect in the air, drifting in light clouds, the blackness of space visible behind them. It was these clouds that the Eulos tribe tended, and harvested as a primary food source. Flipping out of her indentation onto the roof of the disc, Arla walked to where the others were gathering at the top of the dome. 
She seated herself in a ring with them, and they all began a brief chanting ritual to synchronize themselves to one another. The harvesting dance required precise coordination. The ritual was not simply a tradition, it was a necessity. As one, still clutching hands, the Yulos bent their knees and shot into the sky. The fractal patterns of veins along each of their sides pulsed and shook outward, their wings inflating as they spread. They rose to a point where the curve of the comet was visible, just below the green clouds, then broke formation, gliding outwards in an eight-pointed star. Speeding outwards, the Eulos turned in unison and glided into a circle around the cloud. Several at a time would dart towards the center and break suddenly by straightening their wings with a cracking sound. The force of the wing beats threw the lichen cells together. This compacted the cells, causing them to stick to one another and fall downwards. Another Eulos waiting below would catch the falling lichen, rolling it up in a mat made from fibers of the huge trees that circled the comet. That evening, several Eulos were lighting a fire in the center of the disk, in an indentation shaped like a large bowl. The wood burned brightly in the emerging starlight. More Eulos gathered along the sides of the bowl, settling onto branches, sitting along the rim, warming themselves around the flames. Soon, there would be matters of great importance to discuss. For now, though, it was time for dinner. A murmur of conversation rose as a large cauldron was erected over the fire pit. More baskets were passed around, and they began to cut and chop a bewildering variety of vegetables and plants. Arla and Thale began to work on a basket containing several giant mushroom caps, tearing the caps into bite-sized pieces and throwing them into the cauldron. As steam began to rise, a delicious earthy aroma spread around the assembled eulos, making their mouths water. The soup was ready after 20 minutes or so, and was being handed out in wooden bowls along with loaves of a fluffy greenish bread made from the lichens that grew in the atmosphere of the comet. Most of the eulos were ravenous from the day's work. The meal didn't last long, but took place in complete silence. Soon, the last of the bowls were being collected and cleared away. Then Arla had an idea. Standing up, she walked towards the fire. Arla was a scholar and had mastered the spoken legends, which were passed down from generation to generation. The others knew what was coming, and soon a group had gathered around the fire to listen. Arla stood in front of the fire, the flickering light playing around her. The light flickered among the tall figures of the Eulos. Around the edge of the meeting bowl, shadows leapt and played like beasts. Several of the Eulos children crowded closer to the warmth of the flames. Their faces turned upwards in anticipation. Arla began to speak. The poem was an old one and familiar. Dancing in the arms of sunrays to the music of the wind, the clouds begin to blossom, their hearts between them spin. Rehearsing for the thunderstorms, they loosen tired, stiff, cold limbs to gather brief nirvana before relaxing into future's whims. Aware of the intricacies of the nothings of the earth over which their newly mortal shadows cringe in dying mirth, and from which flee the feet of sunrays, lest they be trampled to the turf, leaving music sowing seeds of karma, in the blue flame of the skies they flee to the sound of dying earth. A burst of applause followed Arla's poem. She bowed, her cheeks flushing. As the applause died down, she began to speak. Listen up, everyone! Next, I'm going to tell you the story of Glenn. Glenn. 